0: Welcome to the Digital From Day One podcast. Our aim is to build a bridge by creating content that will pique interest, spark conversations, and encourage further innovation that will ultimately build a more informed and prepared pipeline learners headed for the 21st century workforce. Hi, my name is Brendan Dickerson, and joining me as always is Joel L. Nelson. Today, you'll be listening to a discussion with State of Ohio's Chief Information Officer, Irvin Rogers. Irvin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on board. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, I'm Irvin Rogers' second, because I actually have a son that attends OSU as well. He's the third, so.
0: That is great, you know, and like I said, thank you so much for, you know, taking time of your busy schedule to speak with us today. Just give us a little bit of a backdrop of, you know, your story, um, your career, and kind of, you know, what propelled your interest in technology.
1: Certainly, so uh, for me, uh, my career dates all the way back to an internship where in which um, I was handed a computer And was told to get it working. Um, I had three days to figure it out. Um, I hadn't really taken a lot of you know computer uh, programming type classes in college Uh, so I needed to use my other skills uh, with regards to bartering. Um, So I traded off with the sales team to get some of their time. I traded off time with the development team. By the end of the three-day period I got that laptop, uh, actually desktop up and up and operational it was from that moment forward that I said, okay, I, I want to understand how this works. And I developed a love for it. So um, my, 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 my degree, master's degree is actually in business management, um, whereas I've learned technology uh, just from hands-on and from the love of it. Um, I started my official career as a, as a call center uh, technology um, uh, technical uh, agent helping uh, customers uh, resolve their problems. And so it just continued to develop from there. Um, after spending about three months taking phone calls, I said, you know what, I wanna know how this is built. So I'm that guy that likes to take it apart to figure out how it works and then how I can enhance it to make it, to make it better through innovation. So um, I started to uh, project, do project management um, and we were building call centers across the United States. I got another opportunity to work for a really high visible, uh, was uh, one of the top three uh, consulting companies in the world. Uh, I got a chance to travel uh, worldwide. uh, So not only in the States, but I hit India, Hong Kong, Germany, Um, it it was Switzerland. It it was a lot of fun, Uh, but then, you know, having a family, uh, three kids, a wife, uh, I needed to uh, come back and get off that partner track. So I moved here 14 years ago um, from state of Michigan uh, to, um, uh, the great state of Ohio. So I was a Spartan fan turned, uh, OSU, uh, Buckeye go Bucks! I can say with the best of them, um, came here to lead some, uh, strategic initiatives for the, uh, C-suite. So when I was at, um, uh, at Accenture, that's what I, I worked on. I worked on supporting the C-suite and as I continued to, to help them develop their stories and their profiles and helping them with their strategic plan, I'm like, man, I can do this job. I, I, I can do this. I would come up with a script and the PowerPoint presentations and turn to them. And next thing I know, they're, they're turning and giving that presentation. So that's where I was like, okay, I want to be a CIO one day. Um, so I hired a career coach, um, about maybe, uh, six, seven years ago. And the help with, uh, Florence Latham, I, I, I determined that I wasn't fulfilling my, my desire that I had felt when I was a consultant, um, and, and supporting the C-suite. I, I wanted to go back to the foundational elements that, um, uh, that, that made me thrive. And that was you know being a CIO. So I got my first opportunity um, at the Ohio attorney General's office um, to be their CIO. I did that for four years. I was excited. Um, it was a, a really passionate play because ultimately, you know, when you go to state government, it is an opportunity to serve. So you're not going to get rich. You're going because you want to give back and you want to serve. So I could see that my, my, my work was uh, being, uh, as, I, as we were t- turning over solutions, I could see that impact in the community right away. So then I got the call from Governor DeWine and said, hey, um, I got a bigger job for you. I want you to come on board and be our state CIO. So I looked at it as an opportunity to uh, take it to the next level, um, take that collaboration um, to, the, to, to, to the next level. And uh, these last 18 months have been the most fulfilling, to- fulfilling 18 months that I've had in my career. I'm really, really excited. At some point, I'll go back to private, but uh, for now, I'm I'm having a blast supporting the the citizens and taxpayers of Ohio. Amazing! Uh, it's amazing
2: trajectory, and and so now you are the CIO of the state of Ohio. Uh, many of our listeners may want to know what does that mean. Uh, so, can you give us a, some insight into your role, um, the the impact? Uh, and this is kind of a unique way We'll be, uh, I'll be asking this question because, you know, the, the, the nature of your role, but the impact uh, that business and technology has on your role and the impact your role has on business and technology in the state of Ohio.
1: Okay, so let me try and break that down. In the event I don't answer at all, please bring me back and let's make sure we get it all. So uh, with that being said, um, many people... I think that um, because I was appointed by the governor that, you know, it's a, a figurehead uh, position. I'm just supposed to go out and you know shake hands, you know, not during COVID now, right? But th- that's not the case. I am a uh, very much rolled up my sleeves, jump in and uh, start start out and, and work with um, the, the technology. So as we come up with new policies, we come up with new service offerings, I need to ensure that the technology works seamless across multiple agencies. We have 32 boards, agencies, and commissions. And uh, each of those agencies have a CIO. They're dotted line back to me, uh, which means that I have to have a tremendous amount of collaboration with my team, uh, working with them to make sure that as they're charting out solutions, that it it maps back to the overall strategic plan uh, for uh, the taxpayers of Ohio. So I have a staff roughly that directly report to me, roughly about 300, 400 folks. Um, But when you extend that to the 32 boards and commissions, you know, it's it's far, far exceeding uh, that. My budget, annual budget, uh, is roughly uh, a million, uh, excuse me, a billion to two billion. Um, so, you know, it's it's not small change numbers. You know, it, it's it's very important uh, that we be uh, really efficient with uh, with the dollars and that we're looking not only to solve short-term issues, but we're looking for that longer-term vision. So the governor always talks about, you know, hey, what's you, you got to know what the, the big picture is. You got to know what your part of the big picture is. And so that's my job is to make sure that the big picture is being supported. For example, uh, when I came on board, we were uh, putting a lot of our applications and whatnot into the cloud. So we had a cloud first initiative. That's great. Um, But then I I saw that quickly the need that we needed to go from cloud first to cloud smart. And in doing so, we would manage it from the center to help empower the other agencies to be able to do what they need to do versus hiring um, individual roles, you know, duplication of effort, insufficient. Um, so we, we, we manage that from the center to ensure that we, you know, we, we check the boxes from a security standpoint, uh, efficiency, skills, um, knowledge, um, et cetera, you name it. So in, in, in a box, that's really what the state CIO's uh, mission is. I consider myself not only the state of Ohio CIO, but the state of Ohio CIO. What do I mean by that? Uh, yes, I have a, a fiduciary responsibility to um, serve uh, the various agencies. I'm a part of Department of, Mental, um, uh, of Administrative Services. I, I, that's one, one element of my job. The second half of my job is to also be the state CIO, where I'm pulling together businesses, communities, uh, uh, cities, universities, um, uh, governmental you know, uh, counties, et cetera. So it far extends beyond that. Want to make sure that we're bringing everybody together because when when one boat rises, all of our boats, you know, have the opportunity to do that same thing. So that's really what how I see my position, um, and uh, I'm grateful to have it. That answer the question?
2: Yeah, it does. It, it, just to give a um, to extend on that question, um, do you know? I'm I'm assuming that the the CIO of the state of Ohio is not. One of the like the traditional, you know, way back into you, know, <laughs> you know into history uh, role, you know. So mm-hmm. do you know how long that role has been there, and and even just some iterations of how that's manifested itself over over time?
1: Yes. So I'm 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 going to put a uh, a caveat. Uh, if I had like a squiggle sign that said you know an estimation. Um, I know who the very first uh, state CIO is. Um, he's still working in state government today, Greg Jackson. Um, so that was probably roughly, I want to say, 16 years ago. So this is a new role um, for the most part um, where in which, um, you know, uh, agents, government has basically come in and say, hey, we need to, to act as the private industry does and consolidate and have someone from a thought leadership perspective come in. And so that role has evolved over time. Um, I, I would like to say that this role is to its 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 greatest capacity so far because not only uh, do I have this role, but I also attend all the various the governor's cabinet meetings where all you know each of the um, uh, you know agency director you know CEO commissioner whatever their title is they attend those meetings. In fact, we met today, and I'm I'm there so that uh, as I'm listening to the various. Us, um, initiatives that are coming across, whether it be from aging, uh, from a jobs and family services standpoint or health, you name it, I'm listening so that I can say, okay, uh, here's what we need to do in order to enable uh, that concept and that idea so that it's along the lines of, um, it's not something that they think about. Um, it, it just works. Um, so whenever my phone rings, I know it's not necessarily, hey, Irvin, you're doing a fabulous job. Even though I know they, are, they appreciate me, it, they're calling because something's wrong, and when I get that call, I act on it. Whether it's Saturday, Sunday, you know, it's a seven-day-a-week, 365, you know, uh, 24 hours a day, um, and I embrace it. Uh, so again, it's all about collaboration, and uh, you know, I have a I have a motto, and that's one team, one goal, and that means I don't care what agency you're from or you know, city, county, we're all fighting for the same thing, and that is to make things better. Um, I have a goal of uh, innovating uh, technologies so that, especially in this COVID COVID world, with our Cloud Smart initiative, many of the services were available online um, uh, to many of the citizens, uh, so they didn't have to go into a government branch. Uh, Lieutenant Governor John Husted's uh, bold goal for Innovate Ohio is to. Um, not have to have anybody go into a building. You should be able to do all of your functions online. But we're working towards that on the back end as I partner with him and many other cabinet members um, uh, across the state of Ohio. And
0: can you elaborate a little bit more on, um, you know, I guess you say more so like on the strategies or, um, from my understanding, you know, you have a musical background, and that was very interesting, interesting <laughs> to me when uh, I did some research on you because I have a little bit of musical background myself, and I play uh, saxophone and guitar growing up. So, can you kind of, mm-hmm. you know, connect the dots with, you know, that background, and you know, you now, you know, having 300, you know, or so um, individuals reporting to you, and how you are keeping that alignment together as well too? Can you just expand a little bit on that?
1: Wow, you really did your research. Uh, So that's one of my alter egos. Um, And so that that alter ego started out, um, I I started playing in band. Um, I I played percussion, I played the drums. Um, I did that growing up in you know through through church and through high school bands and uh, a little bit into college. Um, uh, So then I had to put those put sticks down as I kind of picked up my career from a technology perspective. And then when I started my CIO role at the attorney general's office, I needed a way to go back to relieving stress. And so I said, okay, I want to, I want to get back into DJing because I did that in college to make, you know, extra ends and extra money. Um, so I was like, okay, I have resources now I can go out and I don't necessarily have to lug all the crates around. I can carry around a hard drive about this, about this big. Um, and so I got back into DJing and I was DJing uh, weddings uh, receptions, 5k events. Um, and it was just really kind of a stress reliever for me as I continue to work with my career coach. Um, I always think it's important for you to invest in yourself. So I hired a career coach, um, to invest in me, I'm betting on me. And so, um, she helped me to understand that, you know, you need to use all of your talents, um, as you're, as you step out, um, and, and put your best foot forward for, on that job. And I was like, well, I don't want people to know I'm a DJ. And she says, no, it, it's okay. You got to let that alter ego out. And so I did. And when I, when I did, when I did that, it helps to humanize me uh, where people can see me in a different light. Um, I'm just a guy, you know, puts his pants on one leg at a time unless I'm in a hurry and I jump into them. But, you know, um, sharing music, you know, I think we can all unite on that, whether it be R and B country, Neo soul, you name it. Um, There's, there's something that somebody likes from a song perspective. And so I use that talent, that gift in order to unite folks. My first day, uh, first major meeting with all of the um, uh, we have a MAC, which is a a, a a a council that we bring together all of the various CIOs, and so I decided that I wanted to do something different. I wanted to change the atmosphere. I wanted to uh, ins- help ensure that you know folks c- could could collaborate and and offer up suggestions and not not uh, be afraid to um, uh, to offer up that suggestion. So I said, you know what, I'm going to lead it, and I'm also going to DJ it, and folks were like. You know, they looked at me kind of weird and strange, like, really? You, you're you going to, you're a DJ, first of all. Um, so I thought maybe they th- thought I was going to come in with a tape recorder or something and just press, you know, uh, play on various music or a MP3 player. But I actually brought in, a, I have multiple setups um, as a DJ, but um, I brought in one of my smaller set- setups. I had the turntables and I DJed, um, you know, um, uh, music all the way from the 70s to the 80s, to the 90s to the 2000s. And it took people back and it gave them a sense of calm you know, atmosphere. When I walk in the room, uh, you know, sometimes I take people by surprise, um, just based on the role. But I want to humanize, um, you know, my, my alter ego by bringing my alter ego in, humanize me as a, as a, as a human so that I can meet people where they are. And, um, you know, when we did the introduction, it was all lines up. I want you to introduce yourself and either tell me your favorite song or the last song that you played on your iPod, your phone, etc., And it changed the entire atmosphere um, where it was much more collaborative. We walked away with over 300 ready, shovel ready ideas that we could share across those agencies that hadn't been done in the past. So, um, yes, I use music as a stress reliever and a way to unite people. And plus, I'm pretty good at it. (laughs) Well, so
2: since you're pretty good at it, how does that translate right do you i mean you said like you talk you uh you had a, a career coach who mm-hmm. said you know bring some of that with you and that's mm-hmm. kind of giving you that altered ego but um so you're the second person that is in a cio role that uh we've talked to that has a musical background um, okay. you're the third person i know of that has a mu- musical background that is in that uh, kind of in this, in this technology, this field. Is there a correlation for you personally? Because um, there seems to be one for me. I don't know exactly what it is, but is there a correlation there um, to, to kind of help you, you know, succeed in, in this particular space?
1: So I started doing some research on it because I was like, all right, I don't want to be the only guy out here on, a, on an island. But then I started researching. Goldman Sachs CEO is also a DJ. He is uh, uh, a rock, rock um, uh, you know, rock, rock bands are, are, are his, his genre that he likes to, to do. I was like, wow, if he can do it, then it's okay for me to, you know, to, to broadcast that I am DJ executive, uh, you know, as, as my alter ego. But yes, I, I think um, uh, even when I was a consultant, if I put a, some headphones in and I turn my music up, I could crank out uh, multiple deliverables in a very short amount of time. I think that you know, music helps with the creativity um, uh, you know, from everyday work products um, by just opening up that creative side of the brain uh, while you're, you know, it gets both sides of the brain working together. And I think that's the real correlation uh, between the two. Um, most folks ask me and say, so well, what's your favorite drawing, drawing? I am like, well, it depends on the day. Um, you know, uh, it could be country one day. Uh, you know, I could be listening to, you know, Hank, Hank, uh, I, I, I could be listening to, you know, if it was, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, R&B or neo-soul, it could be, you know, music, soul, child. You know, it, it just depends. It, it could be Bruno Mars. Um, it just depends on the day and, and depends on my mood.
0: Thank you for that. And yes. For our young listeners, you know, there's a lot of them that are, you know, our like K-12 to also our higher education, you know, students. You know, they may be looking at, you know, your position, you know, down the road, like, hey, you know, I'm going to be interested in, you know, doing something along these lines, you know. What are some, I guess, you know, lessons learned that you've learned along the way from not only, you know, your public, you know, sector work, but also your private sector work as well, too, that, you know, can help them, you know, put in their own tool set as they, you know, enter into this 21st century workforce?
1: So, number one, I have a motto that I've come to appreciate and learn, and that is bad news doesn't age well. Uh, what do I mean by that? Um, it's better to address the issue uh, that you, whatever it is that, that that may be, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So it's better to address that issue head on. Um, so that's solid advice that I, that I would give to, to any, anyone that's aspiring to uh, be in this particular position. Now that may take time to develop, uh, but you just got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, it's very important to have mentors, mentorship. Uh, you want to make sure that you are Um, uh, that you find somebody that uh, is in a field that you are aspiring to be uh, a part of or to become one day, um, to connect with them so that you can learn more information about it. Um, When you develop that uh, mentor relationship, it's important for you to own that relationship. So come with an agenda, uh, meaning you know, take notes, uh, show that your level of interest, uh, and, and have a physical paper, you know, piece of paper with an agenda on it that says, here's what I want to cover. Here are the things that, you know, just to your earlier point, you did, you did research on me and you want to do the research on the person that, that you're hoping to, you know, uh, for the mentor, uh, to mentor you, um, because ultimately it's an investment of time. Uh, I, I do it all the time. Um, I used to dedicate Saturday mornings, uh, eight to 12, some coffee shop someplace, of a line out the door. Obviously, COVID has kind of changed that up a little bit, so I'm a little bit more virtual. But I think it's important to have, um, uh, you know, mentors that you aspire to. Um, growing up for me, uh, I didn't have many people that looked like me um, that were in those particular roles. Um, so it, it's okay for that person necessarily not to look like you. But you know, if you get the opportunity to have someone that can relate to you on multiple levels, it's okay. It's okay for that. I think that I encourage that. Um, The other thing is it's okay to have multiple mentors uh, because then you get multiple different perspectives. And then that way you can feed into, all right, what is it that I want to do? The other thing is to have a roadmap for, you know, uh, depending on where you are, if you are, you know, K through 12, you know, this may not make the the most sense, uh, but those that are in college have a roadmap as to, you know, what it is that you want to achieve, a five-year roadmap and certain things that you're trying to achieve in order to, to do that. If you don't, then, you will continue to, you know, kind of mire your way through, you know, this, 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 uh, this, this, this world and not really have a, a destination or a target, uh, but a mentor can help you to refine um, that roadmap. Um, so those are the things that I would, you know, encourage folks to do. Um, I'm, I'm very passionate about kids. Uh, you saw my, my post today about broadband for all, all students in Ohio uh, there's a grant that was just recently um, put out there. It's a $50 million grant for, for you know, for uh, internet connectivity. Not everybody has or can afford internet connectivity. And we want to make sure that, um, that we create an even playing ground so that everybody has that same opportunity, um, not just the, you know, the, the rich, you know, school districts, et cetera, but everyone, uh, whether it be in uh, rural uh, you know, Ohio, uh, urban areas, you know, you, you name it. If you can't afford it, we want to make sure you have that same opportunity. So those are the things that uh, that I, I think are important. And if I were to talk to a younger young, younger uh, a version of myself, um, the other thing is just bet on yourself. It, bet on yourself. Um, invest in yourself. Thank you for that. So let me go ahead. I want to go ahead and then trans-
2: transition on into um, us, us looking at... Um, the, the COVID uh, response, uh, okay. in particular the impact it has had on your office uh, and the work that you do with, throughout the state of Ohio. I mean, you've, you've hinted, hinted at it a little bit in, in some of our um, previous conversation, but if you can give us an idea of what that looks like from the state level um, and um, and what that looks like from a, a technology impact. I mean, we know, you know, what we've what we know uh everything has been done on zoom or everything is you know everybody's working remotely and things of that nature but what does that look like uh from a from a you know kind of a thirty thousand foot view perspective that you might have as a cio
1: for the state of ohio so um state of ohio um as you all know our governor has been uh, on the forefront Uh, with regards to helping to flatten flatten the curve, him and Dr. Amy Acton early on. Um, And so, you know, with that being said, you know, I got a notice uh, that I had to send home 50,000 people in the course of two weeks. Uh, That meant equipment, connections, uh, teleconferencing, you you name it. Um, So I commend uh, the men and women uh, from Ohio uh, from a technology perspective. We've come together and you heard me talk about that collaboration early on where we're acting, we acted as one team, one goal. Um, We were able to get uh, our connections up. Uh, We went from 5,000 initially to 10,000 to 20,000 to 50,000 in the matter of two weeks. So we had everybody working from home that was uh, considered um, uh, non-essential. We still had some folks in the office that were still working hard around the clock, uh, that's when the work week went from five days a week to seven days a week. And we, we pretty much helped, have held that up um, uh, over the, the course of the uh, uh, COVID pandemic, especially the first three, three months. Um, cybersecurity is always a, a, um, a, a top, top concern. So making sure that folks, you know, um, we went from protecting the four walls, where I knew exactly where your PC was, to now working from home. Right, and so that expanded our our capabilities to uh, make sure that folks were secure. Uh, You know, we we really started to promote the, uh, you know, cybersecurity videos and trainings to make sure everyone was uh, having good hygiene from a cybersecurity perspective. Uh, We also, you know, um, uh, amplified our Microsoft Teams usage. So that's our answer to Zoom uh, that a lot of folks are using with the collaboration tools that are available. Um, and getting folks to, you know, uh, encouraging folks to, 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 to turn on the camera, to, to continue to, 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 to do that. Um, I think one thing that we've really done uh, through the COVID is overcome the perception that um, Ohioans uh, that work for state government uh, can't work from home. Uh, I think we've gotten majority of, of, of things done and been extremely productive uh, working from home, and we've we've crushed, you know, that um, that, that stereotype, if you will. So, I, for me, it's along the lines of continuing to lead by example. Um, there came a point where I knew my team was getting hit hard, so I brought out that Alter Eagle again, and I hosted a, a virtual lunch hour that I DJed. Um, and so, again, it brought people, it brought sen- a sense of community, you know, to, to folks. So, it's, again, pulling out knowing when to use certain uh, tools and, um, you know, having empathy uh, to make sure that, you know, folks know that we're in it together. Um, so those were, those have really been some of the, the, the key critical things. I've hosted national calls. Where I've talked to other States. Um, and, you know, we are, we are all uh, borrowing from one another's page pages, uh, uh, ohio.gov. Uh, that is another one of the uh, playbooks um, and, and tools and assets that my team has pulled together in order to con- uh, uh, convey and um, support the governor's initiative with regards to getting the news out from a data perspective so you can drill down in your various counties to, to understand uh, statistics. Um, so that's, you know, unemployment has been another area that, you know, um, we've worked uh, in, in partnership with uh, ODJFS, from a health standpoint, you know, um, it's just, it doesn't matter which agency it is. We all came together to unite as one team, one team, one goal. My, my next question then is from your, from your perspective
2: now, how do we, or how can we prepare our communities? And, and, and more importantly, the most uh, vulnerable and the more impacted uh, areas of our communities like Schools and school districts, and and so on and so forth, handle the next crisis that may be similar to this, and even just as a as a side note to that, prepare our young people, our students, to to also be a part of that um, the solutions to the next crisis.
1: You know, um, it, it's it's funny you you talk about that. I I I I'm a firm believer that there will be movies made. Um, about COVID nineteen, um, you know, I always look at you know the, the positive, right? The things that are, um, are that are happening as a result of of COVID, right? Um, I, I think you know from our from a community standpoint, we've learned that you know family is important. Um, you know, as you're working at home, I've got two college students where you know OSU sent a bunch of you know students home, so they, they came home and. You know, um, I'm working from home. My wife's working from home. So, you know, it, it, it kind of changed the dynamics. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we need to take away from as once we get back to from a normalcy standpoint to take time out, uh, you know, from a family standpoint. But getting back to, you know, being prepared for the next pandemic, you know, from a technology standpoint, there are a number of exercises where organizations go through disaster recovery plans where, you know, you're supposed to know check those on a you know annual basis. I think those will will learn to check those on a quarterly basis. In addition to that, I think we will be testing those out um, and adding many, many more uh, conditions to those so that we are uh, better prepared. Uh, it just so happens that um, six months before the pandemic took place, uh, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I always keep a piece of paper, you know, next to my bed. I write down all these ideas. Um sometimes I can understand it, sometimes I can't, depending on how good my sleep was. Um, but you know, uh one one of the things was, hey, we need to test this DR strategy. Do we have one? So I brought in outside consultant um to help us to validate that. And we went through those exercises in January and you know, COVID hit. Um, but we had an opportunity right then and there to uh because we already practiced, we were already in the you know, practice, then we got into the game. We're actually in a championship, you know, uh, if if you will, to put a positive spin on it, you know, we have been been working up towards that. But I think, you know, as you take that, and then amplify it across not just technology, but across small businesses, uh, across, uh, you know, uh, senior citizen homes, uh, across uh, a, a gamut of everyday life, right? You know, I think there's going to be a need for us to hit that pause button, you know, maybe we take some of these holidays uh, and add a holiday, but call it, you know, uh, a pandemic, you know, preparedness, you know, so that everybody is really drilling down on a certain area of their disaster recovery plans, whatever that may be, uh, whether that may be technology, the business area, or the community.
2: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Digital from Day One podcast. Make sure to visit our website at go.osu.edu forward slash Digital Day One, that's the number one, where you can find out how to subscribe, more information about our guests, and more information about our team. As always, we love to know what you think. Use the feedback form on the website or shoot us an email at at digitalfromdayoneosuedu The one is actually spelled out here. Or simply give us a rating on iTunes And we'd appreciate if you tell a friend about our little show here, too. There's more to come from our guests in this episode, so be on the lookout for that. I'm Joel Nelson, along with Brendan Dickerson, and let's continue to make the connections to Opportunity Stronger. Until next time, everybody.